But I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of uh, Matthew again. We go through the Gospel of Matthew from Advent till Easter, and, uh, or at least there. Matthew is a long, long book of the Bible, but I've been led by the Lord to plow around here in the Sermon on the Mount for a while because it is the teachings of Jesus um, concerning how to be a disciple of the Lord. And here at Ekron, we're about making disciples. Every church is about making disciples. Um, we're not trying to grow a crowd. We're trying to make disciples, and disciples will reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today, uh, let's read this passage of Scripture. This is one of the uh, parables that Jesus gives that summarizes, really, the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And I invite you to join me in prayer uh, to prepare for the message today. And then uh, we're going to dive into the scriptures and hear a word from the Lord. Will you join me in prayer? Our Father and our God, we thank you and praise you that you are our Lord and that you are sovereign God and that you have given us a promise and a hope of eternal life through the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, into this world, who suffered on that cross to bear our sin, to pay the price of our sin, and was raised from the dead in order that we might be forgiven of our sin, and that uh, we will have the promise of life eternal with you and your holy heaven forever and forever. But here we are today in this world, and here we are going through the experiences of this life. Teach us, Lord, from this parable how to live for you until Jesus returns. Teach us, Lord, what you would have us to hear and what thus saith the Lord, not the opinions of this preacher, but the word of God. And we pray this in the powerful and strong name of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and our Lord. And everyone said... Amen and amen. All right, today we're going to look at this parable about the house that's built on the rock and a house that was built on the sand. And we're going to uh, discuss these two, and let's join together as you um, follow as I read along. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and slammed against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. We're building a building that you can see right back here, and uh, it's beginning to invade our property here. You see those plywood things there? That's how we're going to connect to the new education building that God has led us to build here at Ekron Baptist. And as I thought about this parable here in this scripture, I thought about that building back there. 
whenever, and I'm not a contractor, I'm not a builder, I know nothing about what I'm about to talk about, but uh, I do understand one thing is for sure. Anytime you, live, uh, anytime you construct a building, what's the first thing, Mark, you have to do? Got to have a plan and lay a what? A foundation. And the higher the building, the deeper the foundation. Now, is that right? Got engineers sitting all around here? Yeah, okay, that's what I'm told anyway. The higher the, the, higher the ceiling, the, the deeper the foundation needs to be. Now, there was a writer several years back who talked about the seven habits of highly effective people. Has anybody around here read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Am I talking to? Okay. Well, good. All right. Um, Stephen Covey wrote that book, and two or three of the seven habits of highly effective people is, are things like um, always sharpen the saw. He's talking about construction. Anytime you use a, a saw, you want to keep it sharp, like using an axe, you want to keep it sharp, and that way you don't have to be hacking all the time. You'll cut deeper and better. Measure twice. Cut once. Some of you that have done construction work or you've uh, constructed a quilt, you've made a quilt, measure twice, cut once. Uh, one of my favorite is to seek to understand before seeking to be understood. Seek to understand before seeking to be understood. And uh, one that really applies to this passage of Scripture here is simply begin with the end in mind. Whatever you're doing, begin with the end in mind. Where do you want to end up? What is your goal? What is your end target? That applies to this passage of Scripture because Jesus is sharing with us His teachings to help us understand that we need to begin our journey with Him with the end in mind. We don't want to just start and quit following Jesus Christ. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ as we become more like Him, as we follow Him as a disciple. And so He gives these uh, two choice kind of parables here. And they begin back up in verse uh, 15 and following. He talks about the narrow gate and the broad gate. There's two choices there. There are some people who go at life through a a broad gate where most of the world is, is traveling. Most of the people are on that highway. Think of an interstate being a broad way. And then he said he compares that to people who've chosen the narrow way, a narrow gate, and few that enter therein. And what he means is fewer people in the world follow Jesus Christ than people who are following the world. And if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to make a decision that you're going to be in the minority in this world because most of the people in this world will reject Jesus Christ. A few people will choose the narrow way in following Jesus. Another parable he talks about is the, the good tree and the bad tree. The good tree produces good fruit, bad tree produces bad fruit. Um, some of you lost a tree this week, so it was already rotten anyway, and it fell to the ground. Probably hadn't been uh, putting acorns out for many a year, I'm sure. But a tree that is an apple tree is going to produce apples. A tree that looks like an apple tree doesn't produce apples at all. And so 
that's a comparison there. And then he comes to this parable here, where he talks about the two choices. He talks about the house that's built on a rock and a house that's built on the sand. Now, there's a song that we've been teaching our children about the rains came down, the floods came up, but the house on the rock stood firm, and the rains came down, the floods came up, and the house on the sand went splat. Uh, this parable is taught in children's Sunday school and children's vacation Bible school, and some of you will remember it yourself. What he's saying here, if you'll look in verse 34, he's going to talk about what we're going to talk about here today in our message. And we're going to break up this parable of the two houses and the two constructions. The house built on the rock versus the house built on the stand. And we're going to break it up into three parts. We're going to talk about hearing and adhering to the words of Jesus. We're going to talk about facing life with faith. And we're going to talk about to keep your eye on the prize if you choose to build your house upon the rock. So he says in verse 24, Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. There are two words here that are very important in verse 24. It's the word hear and the word act. Hear and do. Hear and adhere. Follow through. Is so very important. The Bible talks about in the Old Testament days, the Lord said, my people are hearing me, but they're not hearing me. God is speaking all the time. He's speaking through scripture. He's speaking through circumstances. And people are trying to hear God, but they're not really hearing. And the evidence that they're not hearing God is that we're not obeying God. It's one thing to hear. It's another thing to obey. It's a one thing to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ that I just explained earlier about the death, the burial, and then the resurrection of Jesus. And it's another thing to obey and say, Lord, I will follow you wherever you lead, even through the storms of this life. In the Old Testament, God spoke it this way. Obedience is better than sacrifices. You know, the sacrifices in the temple, the religion of, uh, of offering, the slaughter of animals. Well, God's people did that regularly, and they did it faithfully. But they didn't obey the Lord. They didn't do what he asked them to do. Jesus comes along and he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you really do love me, you will do what I tell you to do. So hearing is one thing, obeying is something else. In the book of James, in the book of James, in the New Testament, James said, faith without works is dead being alone or by itself. And Jesus cautions us in the house, in the passage earlier, uh, just a few verses right there before verse 24, verse 23. He said, when the day comes that God returns to earth in Jesus Christ and we stand before God in heaven, there will be a lot of people stand before God and say, I was very religious and I called out, Lord, 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 Lord. And Jesus said on that day, there are many that will say, Lord, Lord, did we not 
prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform miracles? And he said, yet I will say to you, depart from me, for I never knew you. You were practicing deeds of lawlessness. With one mouth or speech, we were saying, God bless America, or God be praised in church. And on the other hand, we were treating people like dirt. We were treating people without respect. We were treating people as though um, they had no value at all. We wouldn't share the gospel. We wouldn't want somebody to know that Jesus was our Savior and our Lord. So Jesus is saying to us in this parable of the house that's built on the rock is that we need to hear and adhere to the words of Jesus. Now when you go back through the Sermon on the Mount and you think of all the things that Jesus has been teaching us through this Sermon on the Mount, there are many words, there are many words that he has taught us that are very, very important. He says, if you will follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He said, if you follow me, I can teach you how to pray. If you follow me, I will teach you to ask God and trust him for the prayer needs that you have. So we want to adhere and learn the words and the teachings of Jesus and to obey them as well. Hear and adhere to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, go, back to, go up to verse uh, 25. It's the next stage of this house that's built on the rock. It's one thing to hear and obey Jesus, but part of following Jesus is enduring the storms of life. He says in verse 25, The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. What's Jesus really saying to us? He's saying, have faith, uh, face your life with faith. Face the storms of your life with faith. Some of you studied Joseph in the prison uh, today in Sunday school, and you learned how he continued to take another step forward even though he was treated unjustly. The Bible says the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew against the house that was built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We're coming to learn as followers of Jesus that we need to have faith to face our life as it comes to us. Faith that God in all of these adversities, the rains, the tornadoes, the floods, the uh, snowstorms that we have uh, experienced just this weekend, that God is somehow working in our circumstances. And he's not working to hurt us, he's working to bring good. He's working to bring good. How does he do that? Well, for one, for one reason, God is revealing himself in our grief. God is revealing himself in our losses. If you will, just gaze at the cross as I share this with you. God is revealing himself in our trials and our tragedies. God is revealing himself in our testing times. God is with us and has not abandoned us 
even though the floods came or come or are coming now, even though the wind is blowing hard against you in this life right now. God has not abandoned us. He's in the rain. He's in the wind. He's in the storm. And He's revealing Himself because He is the God who has come along beside us in our suffering and He has experienced every suffering that you and I have experienced right now. God's presence does not mean that He will take away whatever is the adversity in your life. Instead, hear this clearly, as you face adversity, God through His Holy Spirit is giving us grace. Grace to endure. Grace to grow. Grace to accomplish things that we could never accomplish by ourselves. Things that we could become that we could never become on our own initiative and our own hard work. Folks, please listen to me. Grief and suffering and death and pain are a part of life for every one of us who choose to build our house on the rock. Please don't think that I am the exception or that I deserve to be the exception. I say that with all the pastoral compassion that I can possibly say. I learned that from the Bible in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 and in verses 6 and 7 where Peter is talking to suffering Christians. If you want to read a book about suffering and how to grow in the Lord, 1 Peter uh, is the book to read. And uh, Peter says to the church, to the people of God who are being uh, uh, who, are being, who are dying for their faith, literally. He said, you're suffering now for a little while, if necessary. You have been grieved. You have various trials. That the testing of your faith, which becomes more precious than gold, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. For all of us who are building our house on the rock and following Jesus, our goal is not to be the most successful person with the goods and services of this world. Our goal is to be with Jesus and to walk with Him and become more like Him as we follow Him to His second coming. We need to have faith that God is somehow some way working in our circumstances even when we may feel like we don't see him we also need faith that God will never fail us I like that passage it talks about there in verse 25 the end result of the house that was built on the rock it says it did not fall think about that it did not fall. No matter what's facing me, I will not be abandoned and I will not collapse. Every day I need to be reminded of that. Every day I need to remember that. My grief, my trial, my testing, even my temptations are not greater than God's grace. God's grace is greater than all I experience. God is always doing something good. 
in my life and yours. He does not mean to be mean to us. He's not trying to hurt us. He said in the explanation about prayer, Ask and it shall be given. Seek you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. He said, What man is there among you when his son shall ask him for a loaf? Will he give him a stone? If a child asks a parent for a loaf of bread or something to eat, will the parent be mean and give him a rock? And Jesus is saying, God is good to us all the time. All the time, God is what? Good. He's, he's good to us. And so, it's the nature of God, because God is good. And He's bringing good in the trials and the winds and the storms that we are facing. So, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, Jesus said, how much more does your Heavenly Father, or Father who is in Heaven, give good to those who ask Him? I love that passage in Romans chapter 5 where it talks about the progress of spiritual growth and becoming more like Jesus when we're facing adversity. And when you get to the end, it says, we are hoping in the return of Christ. And he said, that hope does not disappoint. God does not tend to disappoint you when you choose to follow him. There's a phrase that I use from time to time that says you can have almost anything in life you want. You can have the right house built on the rock, you can have a house built on sand. But whatever you decide you want in this life, there will be a price to be paid. Part of building our house on the solid rock of Jesus Christ is understanding that He is Lord, God, and sovereign over the troubles that I'm facing, and He is doing me good. Now, watch this, because the wind is coming at me, because the trials are coming at me, because the floods are coming my way, God is at work in my life. Now I can lean into what my problem is and discover the activity of God. I can lean into what is my adversity and I can discover the grace of Almighty God. The Apostle Paul did that. The Apostle Paul said, I want to know Jesus. In Philippians, it goes like this. I want to know Him. I want to know Jesus, he said. I want to know the power of His resurrection. Who doesn't want to know that? Who doesn't want to know that miracle that transforms a person from death into life into God's holy heaven? That's resurrection power. As uh, Tracy sang, I will rise. That resurrection power uh, at work in us through every storm of life as we lean into it. God can do miracles. God can work mighty unpredictable ways if we will just trust and believe in Him. Oh, how awesome that is. And then he said, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. But I also want to know him in what? The fellowship of his suffering. The fellowship of his suffering. So what do we do? This kind of surprised me as I studied it this week. Probably wasn't a surprise to any of you. But what is the result? 
The Bible says the house that was built on the rock, it did not fall, for it had been founded on the what? 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 It had been founded on the rock. What is the prize of building the house on the rock? The prize is the rock. The prize is not the house. The prize is the rock. Are you surprised to hear that? Because it had been founded upon the rock. Now, when he's talking about the rock, he's not talking about that wrestler, the rock. He's talking about the rock of ages. Cleft for me, the, Bible, the song says. Let me hide myself in thee. He's talking about this rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, God's only son. We sang the hymn just a while ago. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is slippery sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. What is the prize? Well, the prize is the rock. The rock that's returning one day to take us out of this world into God's holy heaven. Let us be faithful to build our lives on Jesus who is the solid rock. Let me go a little further. Hang in here with me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, now we're having the Olympic Winter Games and I want you to think winning the Olympic Games right now. It was, the, it, it was the Greeks in Paul's day at Corinth that had the Olympic-type games and the races. Most of them were foot races. Paul makes, a recommenda- uh, makes reference to these races in his, uh, his uh, text in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And he says, look at these athletes who are following, uh, who are in this race together, and he compares it to following Jesus Christ. He said, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? So, believer, run in a way that you may win, what? An imperishable wreath. Folks, those that are in the Winter Olympics are competing for gold and silver and bronze. And they will be awarded that, and they have deserved that. You and I are not competing. You and I are not in the race to follow Jesus Christ so that we can be congratulated, but that we will receive the crown of wreath that is imperishable in God's holy heaven. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let us not grow weary, the Bible says, in well-doing. Instead, as the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, let us keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, he despised its shame, and now is sat down at the right hand of the throne of the Father. 
That's what we're to do as we follow Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. When I was a student in high school, we went to New Orleans from this little town in North Louisiana. Um, I, I thought I'd gone to the end of the world. And uh, while we were there, um, these, it was an FBLA conference, and we were qualified to go and listen. The only thing I remember about a speech that was given to all the students has stayed with me the rest of my life. And the speaker said something like this. There are those, like running a race, there are those who are on the very edge of victory, who pause to rest, and in resting, they die. That quote actually came from a, a line from Adelaide Stevenson that said, On the plains of hesitation lie the blackened bones of countless millions who at the dawn of victory laid down to rest, and in resting they died. That's how George Washington won the, the American Revolutionary War because the British were asleep on the other side of the river. And the Americans pressed on until they reached their victory. My encouragement to you today as your pastor is to press on, to press forward, to lean into the winds of adversity and trust the goodness of God. Lean into the winds of adversity and trust that God is working things together for His honor and His glory. Because when He comes back, we will receive the winning wreath, the winning prize, and it's the rock of ages, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Will you bow with me in prayer? Our holy God, we thank you for the word of God that beckons us to keep going forward as we face adversity. Because the rock is worth it. The Savior, Jesus Christ, is worth it. To know Jesus and to be transformed, to be like Jesus in our adversity is worth it. May we not give up in this race. May we not give up in doing well. May we not uh, get distracted by the prizes that this world is trying to offer. Instead, may we be energized by your Holy Spirit to keep on keeping on. We pray this in Jesus' name. All who agreed said, Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church. 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. 
for morning worship from the Ephraim Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.